welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. I love this series that we're in on Daniel right now. Daniel is one of my favorite books in the Bible, and I love this book because it gives so many examples about what it means to stand out, to stand up, and to stand strong. Now, last week, we heard an amazing message from Pastor Kirk as he talked about how God's people, Daniel, and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, made the decision to stand out by not eating the king's food out of their conviction about what God had commanded them to do. Next week, we get to hear a great message on how Daniel chose to be obedient to God and still pray, even in the face of death. And today, we get to talk about standing up. And I'm really excited to talk about it because we're going to be finding ourselves in Daniel chapter 3, where Daniel's three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, are faced with yet another trial. You see, I believe that this speaks to us today because as believers, we're constantly having to stand for our faith or we're faced with having to capitulate to the cultural pressures around us. When the very nature of being a believer is to take a stand, this message, this story matters to us the most. And even though this series is full of things that speak to what we're living through today in society and culture, let's not miss the big picture. Let's not miss the big picture that this isn't about the laws or the government or the culture of Daniel and his three friends they that they lived in, but rather this is about God and what it means to follow God. So let's not take our eyes off God as we move through this message today because it's about standing for our Lord rather than standing against other things in the world around us. In the Word of God, there's countless peoples who did this very thing, but I believe that nobody and I mean nobody, exemplifies this like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. See, the story is vital. It speaks to us today because in the midst of a culture that was trying to hold them down, in the midst of a culture that was trying to tell them that they didn't matter and that they didn't exist and their views on God didn't hold up, these three men, they stood up. They lived a life so loud that it drowned out the noise of the culture around them. Now, we find ourselves in Daniel chapter 3, going through verses 1 through 30. But before we get into that, I want to give you a little bit of context about why this matters. You see, in 587 BC, the nation of Babylon attacked the nation of Israel and took them captive. What they would do is they would go into a nation, destroy them, and then take their best, their brightest, and their smartest people and transplant them into Babylon so that Babylon just kept getting better and brighter and smarter. And then they would take people from another nation and put them back into Israel so Israel could never rise up. And that's where we find Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego today. You see, they're sitting there in the midst of a nation that completely doesn't believe what they believe about God. And yet they're still called to maintain their identity and their faith in God. So they have this instance where the king, Nebuchadnezzar, builds a 90-foot statue overlaid with gold, and he's telling the rest of the world to worship it. He builds this 90-foot statue, and he invites everybody to this gathering. He invites all the A-list. The equivalent today would be putting on the invite list A-list celebrities and the top social media influencers, and then inviting all of Congress to be there as well. And then Nebuchadnezzar commanded that everybody bow down before the statue and worship this statue. 
Nebuchadnezzar was trying to deify himself. He was trying to make himself the God that the rest of the world worshiped. And he felt that if the A-list celebrities, that if the influencers, that if the politicians all bow down, then their opinion would sway the rest of the world to do the same. Not only that, but if you didn't bow down, then you would be thrown into a fiery furnace and burned alive. That was the consequence for not bowing down. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are faced with potential death if they themselves didn't bow down. Now, everybody's obsessed with the statue, and I believe that if this happened today or if they had cell phones, they would be showing up trying to take selfies with the statue, you know, hashtag bow down. They would be doing that because everybody was obsessed with it. They wanted the king to see them bowing down before his statue. Many did it because they were afraid for their lives or they were afraid they were going to lose their status or that they wouldn't fit in. And we might say, stupid people, look, if some of the people there really love God, they wouldn't bow down to a 90-foot statue. But we do the same thing. Look, we might not bow down to a 90-foot statue, but we do bow down to what we see on a six and a half inch screen as we scroll. We get so caught up with the images that we see on social media. We get so caught up with the opinions that we read on social media. Social media is all about image, just like that 90-foot statue is all about image. We post images. We try to become like the images of those we follow. We get tied up in this culture of image. I mean, this is a generation that says that we want to rewrite our story, that we want to live our destinies, that we want to blaze our own trails. So what do we do? We compare. We go on social media and we compare ourselves to the image of other people and we worry about what they think. I'm here to tell you today to stop comparing. Why? Because you were not created in the image of an influencer or a politician or a celebrity. You were created in the image of the King of Kings or the, and the Lord of Lords. So we can stop comparing today because Jesus' image is burning inside of us. We don't have to compare anymore because where the world's been is totally different from where the church is about to go. See, there is no longer a need to bow down to a 90-foot statue or what's on a six-and-a-half-inch screen when you have the image of an infinite God inside of you. In Daniel chapter 3, verses 4 through 6, the Bible says that a herald then proclaimed in a loud voice, Attention, everyone, every race, every color, every creed, listen. When you hear the band strike up, fall to your knees and worship the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And anyone who does not kneel and worship shall be thrown immediately into the roaring furnace. Church, hear me when I say this. Never bow down to anything other than God in your life. Even in the face of insane pressure, even in the face of being shamed, Never bow down to anything other than God. I mean, imagine, imagine the tidal wave of pressure that came from the music as it played and caused the whole world to fall to its knees. Some people fought, fell to their knees in fear. Others did it because they truly worshiped what the world was telling them to worship. Other people did it because they didn't want to lose their status or lose their lives. They gave glory to the image of the king and to the opinion of others, and that became that nation's downfall. Why? because whatever you give glory to in your life will have power over your life. Let me say that again. Whatever you give glory to in your life will have power over your life. What I mean by glory is whatever you pour out your emotions, whatever you pour out your adorations to, whatever you pour out your desires to, whatever you pour out your energies to is what you give glory to. And many of us, we do that with celebrities or we do that with music or fashion. We do it with attitudes. We do it with habits. We do it with relationships and opinions. 
We give glory to these things in our life and they have power over our lives. But here's the thing. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew that you will never influence the world by trying to be like it. I mean, we think that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they stood against the statue, but it wasn't about standing against the statue. It wasn't about being countercultural and showing the world our faith by what we stand against. Rather, when they stood, they stood for their God. And that's what our faith is all about. That's what living in a kingdom culture is all about. It's about what we stand for. When the world hates, we choose to show the love of God. When darkness floods in, we choose to embody the light of God and stand up to it. And when the music plays, when the music plays and the world mindlessly follows, we are called to stand. Now, in Daniel chapter 3, verses 7 through 15, it says this. It says that the band started to play, a huge band equipped with all the musical instruments of Babylon, and everyone fell to their knees and worshiped the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had just set up. Just then, some Babylonian fortune tellers stepped up and accused the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, long live the king. You gave strict orders, O king, that when the big band started playing, everyone had to fall to their knees and worship the gold statue. And whoever did not go to their knees and worship it had to be thrown, had to be pitched into the roaring furnace. Well, There are some Jews here, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and these men are ignoring you. Furious, King Nebuchadnezzar ordered them to be brought in, and when the men were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar asked, is it true, is it true that you don't respect my gods and you refuse to worship the gold statue that I set up? See, I'm going to give you a second chance. But from now on, when the band strikes up, you must go to your knees and worship the statue that I have made. And if you don't worship it, you will be thrown into a roaring furnace, no questions asked, and who is a God that can rescue you from my power? Wow, what a powerful moment. What an intimidating moment. What we see Nebuchadnezzar doing here is he's trying to bully them. He's trying to pressure them. He's trying to silence their stand. He was trying to scare them. He was trying to cancel them. He was trying to do exactly what the devil tries to do to us. He was trying to make them believe in their fear more than they believed in God's love. He was trying to get them to do it. See, the devil doesn't have to make you blatantly sin to get victory in your life, to get victory over you. He just needs to make you believe in your fear more than you believe in God's love. But how many of you are glad How many of you are grateful that we serve a God that does not give us a spirit of fear, but he gives us a spirit of power and love and a sound mind? So no longer do we have to make fear-based decisions. No longer do we have to choose whether or not we're going to stand based on fear. But we have the opportunity to make decisions out of a place of power and love and a sound mind because the spirit of God is resident inside of us. So you see, as the music plays, It's hard to miss thousands of people bowing before a statue and music playing so loud that you can barely hear yourself and the pressure of the fear that surrounds you. It's hard to miss all that. But do you know what's harder to miss? Three people that stayed standing when the rest of the world bowed down. You know what's harder to miss? Three people that that let their lives be a declaration that drowned out the music around them. Three men that knew that a temporary fire was still better than an eternal hell. See, after Nebuchadnezzar tries to bully them, they look him right in the eye 
And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say probably the most gangster thing I've ever heard anybody say to a person of authority in the Bible. They say this in Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. Your threat means nothing to us. If you throw us in the fire, the God that we serve can rescue us from your roaring furnace and anything that you throw at us, O king. I believe they put a little attitude on that, O king, right there. O king. But even if he does not save us, it would not make one bit of difference. Not one bit. We still wouldn't serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you set up. Even if he doesn't save us, we still won't bow down. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew that if you stand with God in life, he will stand with you in the fire. Jesus echoes this in Matthew chapter 10, verse 32, when he says, whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. And we see how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego acknowledge God, and we're about to see how God acknowledges them. Acknowledges them. So here they are, standing before Nebuchadnezzar, and Nebuchadnezzar is furious. He orders that the furnace be heated up seven times hotter than it originally was. And everybody is still there, keep in mind, the A-list celebrities and the influencers and all of the politicians. And they're watching this go down because the furnace is right there in front of them. And he orders it to be heated up seven times hotter. It was so hot that when the guards grabbed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and walked them to the furnace to throw them in, they themselves burned up before Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown in because the fiery furnace was so hot. So they throw them in and they hit the ground inside of the furnace and Nebuchadnezzar steps back and he puts his chin up and he puffs out his chest because in front of everybody, he showed the world that there's nobody who was too important that he wouldn't throw into that furnace if they didn't bow down. The crowd is silent. And then all of a sudden, they look over and the crowd starts churning up. There's this commotion because the three people that they threw into the fire begin to stand up. Nebuchadnezzar looks over and Shadrach stands up in the fire. Meshach stands up in the fire. And Abednego stands up in the fire and the crowd is going crazy. And all of a sudden, a fourth person appears in the fire. And Nebuchadnezzar's like, one, two, three, four? There's four people in the fire. And he looks and he said, look, I threw three people into the fire and now I see the fourth. And he looks like the son of God. Church, hear me when I say, when you stand for God in life, he will stand with you in the fire. And so Nebuchadnezzar calls the three out. And he has them stand before him. And the Bible says their clothes weren't singed, not a hair on their head was singed, and they didn't even smell like smoke. And right before all of the most important people in Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar pays homage to God. He acknowledges the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And everybody in that nation sees who the one true God is. Church, hear me when I say this. Your ability to stand in the face of the fire will lead a nation to the feet of Jesus. And if today you will remember that you are a child of God, if today you will remember the God whose very name brings you victory, then your ability to stand, even in the face of fire, even in the face of pressure, will give other people around you permission to do the same. Now, you might be in this place saying, you know what, Pastor Terry, I'm ready. I'm ready to stand for God. I'm ready to stand for what he has for me. I'm ready to stand for him and his commands in my life, and I don't want to compromise anymore. Then we're about to pray, and I want you to agree with me to take that stand. Let's pray. God, we thank you 
for this amazing example of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. God, we thank you that we have the opportunity to stand for you just like we do for them. And even though we might not be thrown into the fire, there's times where we are raked over the coals and we really question and we begin to doubt and we begin to fear our faith. But God, you have created us to do more than that. You have given us a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind so that we don't have to worry about that because your power and your love and the sound mind you give us is greater than any fear that could stand before us. So Father, help us to do that to not be informed by the world around us more than we're informed by your word, and to take faith and to stand for what you have. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you. In your name, amen. Now, you might be in this place, and you might be saying, hey, Pastor Terry, I want that in my life. I don't even have a relationship with Jesus, so I can't have that until I have a relationship with him. Well, today, I have good news for you. We are about to pray a salvation prayer to where you have an opportunity to pray and ask Jesus to become a part of your life so you too can stand strong. There might be others of you watching this today who are saying, my life was once in Jesus, but I've drifted away. I'm out of alignment. Today, you also can pray this prayer and find yourself back in alignment with God so you too could stand. I wanna pray this prayer, and as I pray this prayer, I would invite you to pray it for yourself as well. This is the action step. This is a prayer that we pray to get back in alignment with God and begin our journey anew. So let's pray together, church. Jesus, thank you so much that you are a God of second chances, third chances, 100 chances. You're a God that desires to see none perish, but all come to repentance. And so Jesus, that's what we do right now. We may not have a relationship with you and our sins have separated us from you, we might be out of alignment with you because we've drifted away from you. But one thing we can all do right now is we can repent. We could walk away from those sins that have separated us from you. We could walk away from pursuing our own desires and begin pursuing who you are. We can repent of those sins. Jesus, when you died on that cross, yes, the nails held you there, but you also held our sins to the cross. And Jesus, when you died, our sins died. When you were buried, our sins were buried. And when you rose from the dead three days later, our sins stayed in the dirt and you rose to eternal life, Jesus. That means when we repent of our sins and we ask you to be our Lord and Savior, that we get eternal life today and we no longer are bound by the chains of our sins. So Jesus, we do that. We repent, we say you are Lord of our life and we are ready to live a life for you and to stand. We thank you, Jesus, and we love you in your name, amen.